Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. It is always a privilege uh, to be given the opportunity uh, for, for me to share the word. Uh, and I do believe that uh, what I'm going to be sharing, uh, really, really important, uh, especially when we've just started the year 2023. Uh, it is very important that we continue with our same uh, vigor that we've started the year with. Uh, so before we get into the word, I uh, just quickly want to ask you this question. Uh, and when I finish, I want you to turn to the person next to you, uh, sitting next to you and ask them that question. How are you really doing today? Um, it's been three weeks into 2023, and, and you want to check out, want to check in with the person sitting next to you. So please, if you do that, ask them how they're really doing. Uh, and then once you finish, tell them that let's finish the course. Let's stay the course. Okay. Ask them, ask them how they're really, really, really doing. Okay. Uh, we come to church and oftentimes we say, how are you doing? Everybody say, yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You say all the good things. But what we really want to find out is how are we really, 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 really doing? Okay. Uh, and then whatever the person tells you, just encourage them. Tell them that um, let's finish the course. Let's stay the course. Okay. Uh, I do believe that it is very, very, very important for us to do that. Well, um, this morning, uh, as I said, um, just just a couple of things that I really wanted to share with us um, as God's children, but also as a church, uh, because I do believe that as we've just started the year 2023, it is very important that we start right. Uh, not only so, but it is also very important that once you've started, that we really stay the course. Uh, I say stay the course because I know that the challenges that we go through sometimes uh, put a spanner in the works, sometimes making it difficult, if not impossible, for us to stay the course. And so for this morning, I am hoping to share a few thoughts. Some of them is not really new. I'm not going to be sharing anything new. Uh, but it's just a way of actually reminding us about some of the key things that we need to put uh, into uh, practice. So if I have to title my message this morning, I'll probably say stay in the course. Okay, that is the title of our message. So um, if you have your Bibles with you, can you please turn to First Kings chapter 19? First Kings chapter 19. Okay. And we're going to read um, verses 1 to 8. First Kings chapter 19, verses 1 to 8. I'm reading from the NIV. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. And this is almost, this is a threat that Jezebel was, was, was making to Elijah. Now, Elijah was afraid, verse, two, verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself 
went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. Very, very interesting. Very, 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 very important as well. I mean, here is a prophet, here is a man of God who has done great things for God. And then just simply on the basis of what the queen of Israel had said, he runs for his life. He became so scared that he ran even to that point where he said, I'm not worthy of living. Please take my life and let me die. Now, this is really, really important. We will come to that in a minute. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat. For the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. Father, we thank you very much for your word. We thank you very much, Father, for an insight You said the entrance of your word brings light. And this morning we pray that as we hear your word, may you bring encouragement. May you build us up. May you cause us to stay the journey, Lord, as we continue to live our lives in line with your will. May you anoint these lips. May you anoint this treasure, the Father, you have to bring your word to your people this morning. Thank you. I give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Right. So um, in this scripture that we've just read, Elijah is not in a good place. Elijah is in a very, very difficult, a very challenging place. Now, you would expect that as a man of God, as somebody who is doing great things for God, that he will be filled of excitement. But he is not. At this moment in time, we can actually describe Elijah as being depressed. We can actually say that Elijah has got to that point where he is running, running low, if not empty, when it comes to self-confidence. Now, this is quite ironic, considering the fact that in the previous chapter, in chapter 18, verse 20, thereabout, Elijah had gone ahead and achieved great things for God. Okay, if you, if you read, and I, and I encourage you to do that, but in chapter 18, verse 20, there about, um, there was this thing, there was this issue that was going on in Israel where Elijah decided, he said, you know what? Enough is enough. There's a lot going on. I want to challenge all the other prophets of the land to a context. Now, this context is to prove who is the actual God, whether the God of Israel is God or Baal is, is the God of Israel. Now, this actually happened when Ahab, who was the king at the time, went in to marry Jezebel. 
Now, Jezebel was a Syrophoenician woman, and by by virtue of the country she came from, she wasn't worshipping the God of Israel. So she became a queen of Israel, and she brought with her the religion, the official religion of the country where she came from, which was the worship of Baal. Now, so you had a situation in which Israel find themselves flirting. Yes, on one hand, they knew God, but they were also flirting with the other religion, which was the worship of Baal. And that brought a lot of problems into the nation. Now, Elijah being the prophet, the mouthpiece of God, sat down, had a look at what was going on and said, no, this cannot happen in this nation. We need to be able to create a, have a clear indication of who is actually the real God in the land. So to do that, he invited the worshippers of Baal or the prophets of Baal to a context on Mount Carmel. Now on this mountain, the, the, the context was that, right, you, you believe in your God, I believe in my God, the God of Israel, the God that until recently was the God that actually ruled in the affairs of the Israelites. So this is what we're going to do. We're both going to have a sacrifice and then we're going to pray to our God to see which God is actually going to come in to actually consume the sacrifice. Now, there were 450 prophets and there was only Elijah. So it was one against 450. Okay, so here is the context. Elijah gives the same, they all have the same sacrifice Okay, and then Elijah gives them the time for them to pray and call their God to come and consume that sacrifice that has been given to them. They do it number of times, nothing really happens. Elijah even mocks them and says, right, maybe your God is asleep, so maybe can you continue to pray a bit louder? Maybe once you pray a bit louder, he might just hear it and then he will come and consume, uh, bring and come and consume the sacrifice. They did that. They, even to that point where they were cutting themselves and yet nothing was happening. And then when the time came for Elijah to actually call on uh, uh, his God, he asked for water to be poured on the sacrifice. And then once the water, I think it was done about 10 times, once that was done, he lifted his eyes unto heaven, prayed to God and said, right, just to paraphrase what, what you know happened, Right, your name is at stake here, God. You're going to have to come in to prove to these people that you are really the one true God that needs to be worshipped in the land of Israel. And the Bible says that as soon as he done that, fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice so that even including the stones on which the sacrifices was based. And that context was well and truly over. Not only that, but what he did was he gathered all the 450 uh, prophets of Baal, killed all of them. Okay, now somebody might say, right, Elijah is a bit gruesome doing that. But it is very important that that happened because if that had not happened, this religion would have festered in the land and the people of Israel would have continued worshipping that particular God. Now, once this happened, Ahab went, goes home and then tells the wife, Jezebel, that this is what has happened, you know, the context, and then Elijah killed all the prophets. She became very annoyed. And so what she do, she sent out this threat to uh, Elijah to say that, right, 
You see what you've done to my, 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 my prophets? I will do the same thing to you by this time tomorrow. And that was enough to actually send Elijah parking. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I was expecting Elijah would have been excited, very, sort of like, very bullish, if that's the right word, to, to stand and say that, right, the evidence is right there. We've had the, we've had the contest. The God of Israel won. You didn't win. And so I'm going to stand. And the same God that gave me that strength for me to pray and to, and to have that sacrifice done, I'm going to believe on that same God and he's going to come through for me. But no, it didn't happen that way. He ran. He ran for his life. The Bible says that he ran for his life. Now, I do believe that what happened to Elijah is something similar to what we experience all, all the time. Because as Christians, yes, we start off really feeling excited. We become, we, we are born again. We fill with the spirit. We go through our lives as Christians. But then somewhere along the lines, we have the old man setting in. And that makes sometimes make it very difficult, very challenging for us to continue in our relationship with God. Now, if it happened to Elijah, who are we to say that it won't happen to us? We all go through it. We all go through that period where we are, we're feeling depressed. We all go through that period where we're feeling very, really, really low. Our confidence levels are, we are rock bottom. We hit rock bottom. And I quite like the prayer, uh, uh, Elijah prayed to God. He said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Now, why would he, why would he pray that prayer? As somebody who is coming off the back of great victory for God, why would he get to that point where he will be praying this prayer saying that, right, I'm no better than my sisters, take my life, let me die. It just, it just tells us as human beings, sometimes, yes, we go through all these emotions. One minute we are at the top, we are on the mountain top, great victories, God doing great things in our lives. And then the next minute, we're right down at the valley where we can't seem to see our way through. I do believe that it is when you get to that stage, it is not a time for us to panic. Yes, it is true that, you know, when we go through that, there are a whole lot of things that go through our mind. And it's okay for us to feel that way. It's okay for us to feel right, I'm no better than anyone, please take my life. You would have thought that when God, when you prayed to God, God would have said, why are you praying this prayer? You are, you are my prophet. You are my mouthpiece. You are the one that I've chosen to, to deliver the word of encouragement to the people of Israel. Why are you, why, why you, you're not even supposed to be here. You are supposed to be back in Israel fighting, okay, to, to make sure that God continues to be at the heart of national life. So why are you here? But God didn't do that. God didn't, didn't actually rebuke Elijah. And I believe that this is something for us to bear in mind. That when we go through that stage, when we go through those difficulties, it is important for us to go before God and tell God exactly how we feel. Let him know 
that this is where you are. You are right at this moment. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. This person is annoying me. And I feel like doing something really bad to that person. We are, you don't need to sugarcoat anything here. You need to be, to be real with God. And that's exactly what Elijah did. Now, as we are journeying through 2023, we want to be able to stay the course. We want to be able to make sure that the good work that we began with in 2023, that we continue. Because this journey is a very long journey. Not only for 2023, but also for eternity. And we want to ensure that we are continuing and we are running our race and are fighting the, the course of faith. This is what God wants from us. God wants nothing less than that. He actually says that whoever puts his hands to the plow and turns back is not fit for the kingdom. So if we've put our hands to the plow and we say we want to do this journey, then we need to be able to stay the course. But we are also very much aware that the challenges of yesteryear, the challenges of yesterday, has got the potential to stop us in our tracks, thereby making it difficult, if not impossible, for us to run our race. And I believe this is exactly what happened to Elijah in this case. Having done all the great things I had to do, having defended, having stood in for God, found himself in this position where he felt so low that he felt like taking his own life, actually praying to God and saying, you know what, I'm better off actually taking my life. I'm better off you taking my life because I can't stand what I'm going through. When you see a friend of yours or you see a brother that is going through challenges, please pray for them. When you see people who are standing behind the pulpit and ministering, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Please pray for them. Because you don't know what they are going through. They may not come to you and tell you that this is what I'm experiencing. But like Elijah, behind the scenes, they might also be saying, you know what? I am not worthy. Lord, take my life. And that is the reason why the Bible says that it is our responsibility to pray for those who are in authority. Not only that, but pray for people that we know that perhaps might be going through challenges. Somebody might be, some people might be going through issues to do with work, employment, whether trying to find jobs or in employment, but dealing with situations within the workplace. There are people who are having issues in their marriages, relationships, all of those things. And yes, we come to church on a Sunday morning and yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, we're doing okay. I'm okay. And it is smiling. But behind the scenes, you don't know what is going on. And that is why it is very important for you to pray. We need to pray for each other. We need to encourage each other to stay the course because this is very, very important. Now, what happens next after he'd actually said all the things that he had to say about, yeah, I'm not, I'm not better than my ancestors. Yes, please take my life. Um, he fell asleep. Very, very important. He fell asleep. One of the things about God that at least I have experienced is that sometimes when we go through these situations, there seems to be silence. You might think, right, I'm going through all this and then where is God? God is nowhere near me when I'm going through this situation. 
that God is always there. We may not see him, but he said the fact that he hasn't physically done something doesn't mean that he doesn't exist. He says he's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. Just as he was with Moses, just as he was with all those people, he's still with us today. And all we can do is to put our faith in him. Now, whilst he was sleeping, something was happening behind the scenes. Because we read that all at once, and this is uh, verse 5, all at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Why would he ask him to actually, you know, get up and eat? That is because at that moment, physically, not only is he emotionally and psychologically in a very low place, but physically, he was really tired and needed to be strengthened. So God says, or the, uh, uh, the angel touches him and says, get up and eat. He looked round and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid, laid down again. I mean, it's quite significant that the, the, the bread and the water that was baked just, just around his head. What does that really signify? It signifies the anointing. It signifies the strength. He needed to be anointed. He needed to be strengthened for him to continue with what God had in store for him. And I do believe that today, for us to be able to continue in the journey to stay the course, we need to be strengthened. We need to be filled. We need to be anointed. Because it is anointing that is going to break every joke in our lives as we continue our journey this year. Now, having eaten the, the bread and the water that was given to him, he went back. So clearly, the guy was really tired. The guy was really tired. He felt, he falls asleep again. And then for the second time, the same thing happens. But this time, this is what the, the, the angel said. The angel said that, arise and eat, or get up and eat, for your journey is too much for you. I mean, some versions say, for your journey is too long. Okay? So clearly, he was on a journey. And for him to continue that journey, he needed to be strengthened to be empowered for him to be able to make that journey. And I believe it's the same thing with us uh, this year. That for us to be continue this journey, we need to be strengthened. We need to be empowered. Because without that, we'll get midway and then we'll, 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 we'll get tired, we'll get weary. And for some of us, we might even literally do what Elijah did. This is too much for me. I'm not going to do it. This is too much for me. It's too challenging for me. But we need to be strengthened. We need to eat. We need to eat. Because the journey that we've just embarked on is a very long one. It's a very, very tedious one. It's a very, very challenging one. And what did that food did for him? It says, so he got up and ate. And then I like this. It says, strengthened by that food. Strengthened by that food. He traveled 
for 40 days and 40 nights till he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. The food sustained him for that journey. The food strengthened him for that journey. You can imagine, if he hadn't eaten the food, then there was no way he could make it. But because he ate the food on two occasions, the, uh, the bread and the water, that, was, that gave him that strength. And I believe that it actually gave him that confidence back again. And he was able to go on the journey for 40 days and 40 nights to get to the Mount of Horeb. I'm here to encourage you that for us to continue to stay the course in 2023, we need to eat. Not only do we need to eat, but the food that we take will strengthen us for us to go for the next 12 months. Very, very, very important. Because if this has happened to Elijah, that Elijah needed to be strengthened to help him to be able to take that journey, then it stands to reason that you and I need to be equipped. You and I need to be strengthened because based on the amount of the food that we're taking, we will be encouraged, we will be energized, we will be strengthened so that we can go on that course. We look around us today and there is so much going on around the world today. There is so much that is going on. And if you are not strong enough, you will do exactly what Elijah did. And whilst there is nothing wrong with you doing that, God wants us to continue that journey. God wants us to stay that course right up until when he calls us home, as we sang this morning. And to help us to be able to do that, we need to make sure that we are eating. We need to make sure that we are eating. Because it is the food that we take in that will sustain us for us to run that course until uh, 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 the time comes, uh, our assignments are fulfilled. So this morning, really want to encourage us that yes, what happened last year may have been challenging for you. Today being the 22nd of January, you, you're thinking and still contemplating, right. Have I got enough in my time to help me to go through the year? It's only just, you know, three weeks into the year. But you might be feeling, right, will I be able to sustain what God has given to me to finish off the year 2023? And my encouragement to you today is that you need to stay the course. We need to stay the course. And in staying the course, just as Elijah did, we need to be able to get to that point where we are eating enough. Now, when I talk about eating, of course, we need that physical food to help us to be nourished. But I'm talking much more about the spiritual food. Because it is the spiritual food that will enable us to be able to, it will take us places that our physical food can take us. Spiritual food will take us places where physical food can take us. Yes, we need the food to sustain us. We need our vegetables, our broccoli, all of that to help us to be able to live. However, as Jesus Christ himself said, he says, man does not live by bread alone, but on everywhere that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That is what we need to help us to be able to, you know. So you want to create a balance, or I would say probably 
the spiritual food needs to be more than the physical food because the, the spiritual food will help you to navigate you through this year. We don't know what lies ahead of us. We don't know. The only person who knows what lies ahead of us is God. Because he says he knows the end from the beginning. We don't even know what 12 this afternoon holds for us. We don't know what 3 o'clock this afternoon has in store for us. But God does. And God is telling us by the example that you know, uh, Elijah had to go through that we need to be able to, you need to be eaten. We need to be eating a lot of the food because it is through the food that we will be strengthened to allow us to be able to go through that journey that he set before us. Very, very, very important. Now, what food, as I said, what food are, are we talking about here? Okay. Um, if we turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. The book of Joshua chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verse 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. And I read. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. Verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the heated country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Somebody needs to hear this. I will never leave you nor forsake you, says the Lord. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to give to the, uh, I swore to the ancestors to give them. Verse seven. Again, be strong and very courageous. This is the second time that this phrase has come up. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now. The context, a little background to the context of this uh, 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 scripture we've just read. Um, and this will go back to Egypt. Okay. Now, in Egypt, we know the Israelites are settled in Egypt. Uh, they went to a period of uh, slavery. 
where they came under uh, slavery of the Egyptians. Uh, and then they cried out to God. And then God brings Moses as their deliverer to bring them out of Egypt into the promise that a land that he promised to give to them. Now, on their way, typical of human beings, they start to flirt with, you know, other religions. And because of that, a journey that was supposed to have taken them almost 40 days took them nearly 40 years for them to get to that place. Now, during this, this season, they complain a lot. They complain there is no food. God provides them with manna. They complain there is no water. God made water come out of the flinty rock for them. But they still, they still kept on. That is because as they were moving gradually, they were interacting with nations surrounding them and they started flirting with the gods that the people had. Now, at this stage, when we come to uh, this scripture that we've just read, Joshua, who before that had been Moses' assistant, I would say probably Moses' protege, Moses has been preparing him, okay, has come to that point where God wants them to move from where they are closer to the promised land, which is the land of Canaan. But in order for Joshua to be able to do what God has asked him to do, God is reminding him and telling him that, right, you are going to do this, but in order for you to do it, this is what you need to be mindful of. You are a leader shepherding my people to the promised land, but I know my people. I know that this is what they are capable of doing. They are capable of grumbling, complaining, and all of that. So for you to be very successful... At leading my people into the land that I'm going, I'm going to be taking them into, it is very important that the laws that most I gave the people of Israel, that you take good care of it. Not only take good care of it, but make sure that you are living according to that law. Because if you don't, you won't be doing my will in bringing the people into the land that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, bringing them into. Now, why did God kept on telling him, be strong and courageous? Be strong because you will need it to navigate your way through this, this season I'm bringing, I'm bringing you into. And that is the reason why he kept on saying, be strong and courageous. No one be able to stand against you. I am with you. However, this book of the law, which you hold, should not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. You shall observe to do everything that is written in it. Because it is only when you do that, that you will be successful and be prosperous at what you do. And can I remind us as well that when they said prosperous, I know, you know, um, some people might be thinking, right, this is the time for me to grab everything. No, that's not what God is saying. God is actually saying that be successful and prosperous in the assignment that I've given you. And the assignment is for you to lead my people to the land that I'm bringing them into. Not to give you, uh, you know, all the material things that you need. So, God straight away stays clear that this, this is your, if you like, your success formula. If you want to be successful in the assignment that I've given you, then this is what you need to do. And, and by, by saying that, we're also encouraging us because it's the same thing. The Bible says that this scripture has been written for instructions. 
to encourage us. And so this morning, God is saying that for us to be able to stay the course, then this book of the law should not depart out of our mouth. We should observe to do everything that is written in it. We should not turn to the left or to the right. It is only when we do these that we will be successful and be prosperous in our lives. Now, what does it mean? What does success mean for us as Christians? Because I think it's very important for us to get, get the context. We know we, we have a mandate, a divine mandate on our lives. And the mandate on our lives is for us to represent God in this society, this purpose and crooked world that we live in, this culture that we live in. We have to be able to represent God. But we cannot represent God if we are not finding out what we need to help us to be able to do that. We can't represent God using the secular culture. We can't represent God using the culture, uh, the, the ideology that is floating around us. We need to be there has to be a clear distinction between light and day. There has to be a clear distinction between darkness and light. And for us to be able to do that, God has said that this is what we need. This is what we need. We need to be able to hold on to this. Not only hold on to it, we need to study it. We need to chew over it. We need to meditate on it day and night, as he says. We need to observe to do everything that is written in it. Because it is only when we do that, that we will be strengthened to help us to be able to stay the course and to run this uh, to run this race that God has set before us. And so this morning, just really want to encourage us that as we have started the year 2023, and we know that there are challenges that are awaiting us as we as we as we go into the year. But the one thing that will set us apart, the one thing that will give us that grace for us to be able to run the race that have been set before us is when we take the word. We consume it. When you read the book of Deuteronomy, uh, which was Moses' last words before he uh, he departed to be with the Lord, he, he sort of like was repeating all the laws that God had given to him to pass on to the people of Israel. And some of the things that he, he was saying was, yet yeah, bind the word around your neck. Tell them to your children. Okay? Make it plain. Write them on the doorposts of your houses so that anytime you wake up in the morning, that is what you see. Anytime you move around, that is what you, you, you have around you. And I believe that it is very, very important for us to actually uh, uh, take that into consideration. I mean, obviously, not go and write, you know, something on, on your door. Other than that, you know, you get people uh, complaining to the council and, you know, all manner of things. But he is, he was in effect telling the people that for you to be able to stay clear and to you to be able to walk in line with God's will, then this is what you need to do. And I believe it's the same thing for us as well uh, uh, this year. That we need to stay the course. And to stay the course, I know last week uh, JL preached about prayer, the effect, uh, the importance of prayer. But I also believe that the, 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 the second element to it is the word of God. The word of God is really important that we take that, we take that into consideration. It should be the first thing that we think about when we wake up in the morning. So the first thing that we consult, we meditate on it day and night as the scripture said. Observe to do everything that is written in it. And then when we do that, 
we will be prosperous and be successful in everything that we do. And what that means is that we are always going to become enemies of the of, of this culture. We are going to, because there is no way that you can live according to the word of God and still be part of the world. Because everything we study goes contrary to what the culture that we live in actually tells us. So we have, we, we have a responsibility. Moses told the people of Israel, I set before you today blessings and curses. Blessings if you observe to do everything that I've given to you. But curses if you don't. And if you look at the curses that, you know, he, 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 he enumerates, there's quite a lot of them. It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter what everybody is doing. Scripture says that there is a road, the broad road, which everybody is following, and that is leading us to death. But there is a narrow road, which is followed by fewer people, and that is the one that is leading to eternity. So we have that responsibility. We need to make that choice. Am I going to go on that broad road everybody's going on? It seems really nice. It, it makes sense and everything. But if you line itself with the word of God, it doesn't really make sense. It's not the right thing. Or do we want to be, want to go the narrow road? With all the persecutions, with all the name calling and everything. But we know that eventually that is where, where we will be going to. And that, that is eternity. Very, very, very important for us to take note of it. If we abandon it, because as I've just said, it is very important. We need to, we need to decide. Okay. One of the things that God has given us is giving us the freedom of choice, isn't it? That we have the opportunity to decide whether we want to go with him or, and that's the reason why he said, I set before you today blessings and curses. You're going to have to make a choice. I would encourage you to choose blessings. I would encourage you to choose God. I would encourage you to choose his word. And when you do that, he comes alongside you. He comes alongside you for you to fight the battles, the challenges that you go through, the situations that you find yourself in that you think, right, am I, am I, how am I going to get out of this? We need to fight those battles on our knees rather than using what the world's, uh, uh, the world's uh, equipment is. Paul talks about this, talk, talks about the, the, the weapons of our warfare, right? The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are these weapons that we've got? He talks about the helmet of salvation. He talks about the breastplate of righteousness, And then above or else, he talks about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With that, we are able to quench every fiery dart that the enemy throws at us. I would encourage you this morning that as we go through the year 2023, that you take on this armor, you take on this sword, and use it. Because the devil is very, very, very cunning. He's always going to say, did God say? 
Remember in Genesis, did God say? Did God say? And it might even get you to that point where you saw that you are muddling your words as Eve did. But we need to be very certain. We need to be very certain. And we can only be certain when we eat enough of this. Because when we eat enough of this, even our prayer life changes. Because when we pray, we pray his word, as it says in John chapter 15. If I, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. Because at that particular moment, you are not praying your own will. You are praying the will of God. And when you pray the word of God, it is very impossible for God not to do it for you. Because when we have the victories, we are in a way pointing to God, just as Elijah did. We are point, we are saying that God is the ultimate. He is the sovereign over everything, over our lives, over nations, over kingdoms, over dominions. And that is what we want. We want to be able to be operating at that level where we are touching, we are experiencing Him. That whilst everybody around us is actually struggling doing things, we go in our secret place and we get on our knees and we pray his word back to him. And as we do that, we watch him go behind the scenes and set things for us. He goes behind the scenes and even set a table before us in the presence of our enemies, as uh, Psalm 23 tells us. So this morning, really want to encourage us to say that Yes, we need to stay the course. It is very important that we stay the course. Because God has given us a mandate. And the mandate is for us to actually let the world know that he is alive. That he is true. That he still rules in the affairs of men. Whether they choose to serve him or not. But we are the ones that he is counting on. We are the ones that he's counting on. You and I are the ones that he's counting on. Now, does that mean that everything is going to be easy going for us? No, it, 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 it wouldn't. As a matter of fact, if it's easy going for us, then you need to check your level of Christianity. Because if Jesus Christ was persecuted, who is to say that we will, we will not be persecuted? He says that what? A servant is no greater than his master. He said that. And if Elijah... Someone who did great things, commanded fire to come and consume a sacrifice, could run away from the threat of someone who is not even a believer. Now who are we to say that we won't go through that? We will go through that stage of depression. We will go through that stage where confidence is very, very low. But when we get there, we need to go to God. We need to pray. We need to tell God how we feel. And there, as I said, there is nothing wrong with it. Because God didn't rebuke Elijah. When he said that, right, I'm no better than my ancestors, take my life. It would be better for me to do that. God didn't say, how can you, how dare you say that? No. But rather, he strengthened him. He provided the bread that was baked with the water. Twice. And based on that strength, 
he was able to run that journey for 40 days and 40 nights. And that is what we, it may not be 40 days and 40, it may be 12 months or 365 days. We need to be strengthened. We, we, we need that uh, uh, bread to be baked for us. That is the bread that has been baked for us. And if we take this and we eat, it will take us, it will allow us or it will strengthen us to go through the 365. And not even that, but for much longer than that. Because we need that. It's not, I mean, our lives is not only 2023. Perhaps we must say, yeah, we take it one year at a time. But this is for eternity. Until God calls us home. So whilst we are talking about 2023, we are in effect talking about way beyond 2023. Very, very, very simple, but very effective, very powerful. And if only we can grasp it. I'm sure that we'll begin to experience joy. We'll begin to experience miracles. And, and funny enough, these things have a way of actually reflecting on people, isn't it? Because when, when you see someone walking in the will of God, it is very attractive. Anything that comes out of the person's mouth is full of wisdom. And even those who don't know you want to come and find out from you. Please, can you help me with this? What do I need to do? Because I've seen that some of the things that you talk about, I mean, it's way beyond what I can understand. And that is an opportunity. Not only do you give that godly wisdom, but an opportunity for them to, to let them know who is the source of that wisdom. I believe very strongly that this year is going to be a great year. I do believe strongly that it's going to be a great year. But it's only going to be a great year once we go back to our first love. I spoke about that on the 31st of December, uh, New Year's Eve. I spoke about the fact that we need to go back to our first love. And what does that mean? It means going back to the things when we became Christians, the things that we did, the excitement, the joy that we had when we moved around, spoke to people about Christ. You know, you pray, you, you spend time, you know, studying the word of God. And as you were, the more you were studying and even physically your countenance began to change. And then as the years go by, life happens. And sometimes we do Elijah. We sort of like go back and say, right, this is too much for me. I can't handle this. But God is saying that for us to be able to stay the course and for us to move forward, we need to be able to go back to our first love. And last Sunday, uh, uh, Elder J.L. spoke about prayer. And today, to encourage you that the other component, which is the soul of the spirit, is the word of God. And we need to take that seriously. I mean, we live, we live, we live in a culture where the word of God is abound. The word of God is abound in different plat, on different platforms, different formats. Okay. So if you don't have a Bible, grab yourself a Bible. Buy one. I mean, I said that we've got even some New Testament here you can take with you today. If it's very difficult for you to study the word of God, please find someone. You can get a body within the church where you can actually study. You can even do Zoom calls.
And then we pray together. Like the early church did when they came together. And they prayed, they shared, they encouraged each other. Something happened. There was that ripple effect that was seen by those who were not, who were not part of it. And it says each and every day God was adding to them. And that is what we want to see happen in the church. We want to be a church that is a Bible-believing church. A church that takes the word of God seriously, eats a lot of the word of God. We want to see a church that is into prayer. We pray. We see, we seek the face of God. Wisdom. Healing. We want to see a church that is, is into fellowship as well. So that we don't only come on a Sunday and then we fellowship downstairs. Yes, even though that is great, but we want to go beyond that as well. We want to see a church that prays for its leaders. Pray for the leaders because as you do that, we are in effect the errands and their heirs. We are the ones who are holding the hand of Moses. Once the hands was up, Israel was winning the battle. When the hands went down, they were losing. So we want to make sure that we are propping the hand of our leaders. And as we are doing that, we are winning the battles. Because we need to win the battles for God. Otherwise, we will get to that level where we become part. The lines between the line between us as Christians and the world becomes so blurred that even you can hardly see it. And when we get to that place, then it is a very, very dangerous place to be in. Where the line is so blurred that you can't even see what the difference differences are. There has to be a clear difference between us and the world. There has to be a clear difference between light and darkness. And if we are the light, then definitely we need to be able to show that we are the light. And this comes from spending time in the presence of God. This comes from a time of intimacy in the word with God, as we've learned today. So today, finally, before uh, uh, we'll finish off, if you are in that position right now where you feel right, it's only well, three weeks into uh, 2023 and, and, you know, Things are a bit hazy for me. I can't seem to see my way. I would encourage, I would say to you, you are in the right place. We want to take advantage of the atmosphere created here. We want to pray. If you are in that place where you say, right, what, I mean, I'm carrying excess baggage from 2022 to 2023 and I don't even, I don't even know what the rest of 2023 has in store for me. You are in the right place. Because God is the one who is going to bring clarity. He's going to speak the word into you as, we, as we've heard today, as he did in Genesis. And God said, if you are here, and, and again, as I said, if you feel that, you know, I, 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 you know, what's going on in my family, uh, in my finances, all of that, God is the one. He, he's the one who is going to bring clarity to you. He's the one who's going to open the doors. He's the one who's going to show you things. But before you do that, you need to make sure that, number one, not only are you strong and courageous, but number two, the book of the law is part and parcel of your life. 
we are in the spirit for prayer as well. And as we do that, I believe that God is going to turn our life around. God is going to do something great in our lives. Uh, but as I said, we can only do that. He is not going to force us. We have to be part. We have to be willing participants to what God has in store for us. I do hope that you were blessed this morning. I do hope that you were encouraged this morning by this word. Uh, and, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. Thank you very much, Lord, for encouraging us this morning. Thank you very much, Lord, for letting us know the Father indeed, Lord, that you have, you have, you have your interest in us, that we stay the course. Thank you very much, the Father indeed, Lord, that it is okay for us to be in a situation of despair. It is okay for us to be in a place where we are depressed, where confidence levels are very low, where we don't seem to know what's going what's gonna to happen. Thank you very much, the Father, when we get to that position that you are always there for us. You've always been there for us. And you are always there for us. And you will always be there for us, God. Thank you very much, Lord, for, giving, for reminding us to eat your food the food that you provided us with the food that we will live our lives by the food by, by which Father we get direction prudence, wisdom healing, strength for the journey ahead I pray for each one of us today that as we meditate on these words that as we meditate on what has come to us that Lord, that you will help us to take those steps that we need to take to be able to walk in obedience before you. You have encouraged us. You have said that we should be strong and be courageous. So we pray that give us that strength, give us that courage for us to take those steps, Lord. Even when we don't know what lies ahead of us, even when everything around us seems to be falling apart, let us continue to hold on to this faith, the Father, you, we profess in you, God. Because that is, the, that is the only way by which we can experience your blessings and your protection. We thank you once again this morning. We give you glory and we give you praise. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.